Church family, I just want to say again how proud I am of you. Look at those. Did you see those two carts when we walked in with all the gifts? To you guys, to you, to you. That's, that's you guys, amen, doing that. So if you don't know what that is, we're putting together Christmas gift for the Walter Hoving Home, and we're going to have a big wrapping party. Let me give you some info. If you still like to get involved, there's clipboards there that tell you exactly what the home needs. So you can pick up one of the cards. Pick it up. It has to come in this week now. For any reason, if you can't be here on Sunday, you can drop it off in the administrative wing during the week. Then next week, next Sunday, they're going to have a wrapping party here. So they're going to wrap all those gifts. You don't want me wrapping, so the rest of you that know how to wrap can wrap. Amen. It'll be after second service in the gym. Lunch will be provided also for that. All right. So that's the information. Brandy went over the cards three and five Christmas Eve. If you can go ahead and uh, take a few cards and put them where they're allowed to go. Do not put them in mailboxes. That's against the law. Amen. All right. Thank you. Because we got a call once. Your cards are in our mailboxes. I didn't do it. That was Frank Nessine. He did it. He's the one. God is good, church family. What a great month. Here we are, December already. We're ready to celebrate the birth of our King. Amen. Let's go ahead and open in a word of prayer. And we'll go ahead and dig into the word today. Father, we love you. And we honor the King, our Lord Jesus, and we thank you for all that he has done for us, Lord. We thank you. It's through the birth, but also through the death and the resurrection that we partake of the greatest gift that has ever been given to humankind, and that is the gift of eternal life, Lord. My, oh, my. Man fell. You could have left us. In fact, you said just before Noah there, that you were so disgusted with what was going on on planet Earth, but you saw one man, Noah, and you said, I'm going to save the world through him, and you did. We thank you for that, Lord. But now the Redeemer has come. His name is Jesus. He are our Emmanuel. And we thank it as we learn about him, the written, spoken word of God. We thank you for insight in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you get and open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. 2021, our, our beginning uh, confession has been is the year of great hope. And I believe it's because in the midst of all that is going on, not just in the United States, this has become worldwide. It's totally global now what we're seeing God is still here God is still on the move God is still doing something and in the midst of it he's giving us hope amen giving us peace in the midst of what's going on ladies and gents church family it's wild out there right now it is wild and we're still living pretty peaceful here in the United States. And I believe it's because we're doing what the Bible says. If we pray, the Bible says we will lead a quiet and peaceable life. And I believe that's to the point when Jesus comes. Anybody need a Bible? Go ahead and raise your hand. The ushers will get that to you. Giving a, it gives us hope that we can continue to move on 
even when we don't think we have that ability. Amen. And I don't know about you, church family. There's times you like to just stick your head in the ground and say, let life happen around me. Leave me alone. Anybody else here? Am I the only one that just says, wow, enough already? I was talking to my brother Steve in the back. And he said, it's like every day there's something new that pops up. You see a couple little good things. Hey, there's a possibility that Roe versus Way might be overturned next year. Well, let me tell you, if that's overturned, then we give God the glory for every child that can be born. There's going to be World War III in the United States of America. So you kind of know, with every victory, they're going to attack it left and right. Amen? This month, and as we get into our Christmas Eve service again, 3 and 5, we're going to be talking about hope. And hope has a name. Does anybody know what his name is? Yeah. Oh, come on, say it again. Yeah. Jesus, the most wonderful name. That at that name, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And I love the scripture tells us specifically who's going to bow their knee. Everyone in heaven, everyone on earth, and everyone under the earth. Every demonic power, every person did not choose to accept the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ will bow their knee. But it all began here in Matthew, and let's, let's begin here in verse 18. Very familiar story. I hope I can bring a couple more gems out for you today. Matthew 1.18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed or engaged, basically was about a one-year engagement period, to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, a lot of times we don't talk about Joseph, but read what the Bible says about him. But Joseph, her husband, being a just man or a devout man or a, a, a person that loved the Lord, and not wanting to make her a public example. We look at Al-Qaeda and Al-Qaeda, whatever you want to call them. And if a woman does something, commits adultery or whatever, they stone them. They kill them. Even under the law, we saw that. And Joseph had the right right here to say she committed adultery. Can you imagine your fiancé coming to your house and saying, Joe, sweetie, Mary, my love. I got something to tell you. What's up? I'm with child. Huh? But he's of God. He's of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. That'd be a pretty wild story. Come on, talk to me, church family. I mean, let's put ourselves. These are human beings just like you and me. They had feelings. He's looking forward to his honeymoon. He's, look, she's looking forward to having a house, children. They're looking forward to that day. And now all of a sudden, this is thrown into their lives. All of a sudden, Joseph's looking at her like, are you kidding me? Here I saved. Here they are under Roman occupation, paying taxes left and right. Oh, kind of sounds like America. Paying taxes left and right. And she comes and says... I'm with child. But look at this just man. Not wanting to make her a public example. 
He was thinking, he was minding how he could still love Mary, still make sure she's not disgraced, still make sure she's not stoned. Right? Think about what he's saying here. But while he thought on these things, well, he wanted to put her away secretly. And while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Church family, God still moves by dreams and visions. Can I get an amen? amen. Now look, let's stay balanced with this, all right? If you have a spiritual dream or you think it's a spiritual dream or a vision and you think it's a spiritual vision, it's got to line up with the word of God. I've heard people say, I had a dream. God told me to leave my husband and marry another guy. And the other guy is married, doesn't have a clue about it. That's not God. That's that anchovy onion pizza you had last night. <laughs> Amen. Stick with the word of God. If God gives you a dream, look, he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my handmaiden, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. I believe we're in the day of miracles. I believe we're in the days of signs and wonders. I believe God wants to give us dreams and visions. Church family, but I have to test every spirit. How many here? Have ever had a glorious time with the Lord, reading your Bible? Maybe you were worshiping God with some good praise music on, and you go to sleep, and you have the stupidest dream on planet Earth. A wicked, horrible thing, and you're like, where did that come from? So don't, don't rest your faith in that dream, unless the Lord is trying to show you something specifically, and it will always line up with his word. All right, I'm trying to give you some spiritual direction because I believe God wants to talk to us through visions and dreams and even angelic visitations. But, you know, some people you talk to them, they, they see an angel every day and they're just buddy buddies with him. Ah, but yet I see Daniel when he sees the angel, he falls on his face. I see John when he sees the angel, he says, I was like a dead man. I don't listen to people like that because that's foolishness. Come on, church family, talk to me. That's foolishness. Angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation. They're here to help us during this period of time that we're here in these earthly bodies. And they're not here to just come and tickle you. When they appear, they appear with instruction. And usually they'll appear when you're going to go through a hard time and they got to give you some information to help you. You remember when Jesus was in the wilderness being tried of the devil three times, 40 days, fasting on and on, tempted by the devil for 40 days. The Bible just throws, shows us three of the temptations. It says the angels came and ministered to him. When he was in Gil Gil um, the garden, it says the angels came and ministered to him. There are times you're going through hard times and the angels are there ministering to you ministering to you, getting things right, helping you out. So yeah, God can speak to you in a dream. God can speak to you in visions. God can have an angel appear to you. But the number one thing is that God gave us is his word. 
In fact, Peter says it like this. Jesus told Peter, James, and John, don't tell anybody about this mountaintop experience. You remember that? When he was transfigured before them and he glowed so glorious and they heard a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He says, don't tell anybody until after I'm raised from the dead. So Peter writes about it in his epistle. And he says this, we saw it with our own eyes, but we have a more sure word of prophecy, the word of God. Amen? All right. So he's having a vision of an angel, excuse me, a dream of an angel. And this is what the angel says to him. Catch it now. Joseph, son of David. Interesting. I heard this the other day. David's name is the only time you see his name through the whole Bible. You know, there's more Marys, there's more Josephs, but there's only one David throughout the entire Bible. This King David, right? There's approximately 65 chapters written about this one guy, King David. Jesus said he will sit upon the throne of David. Joseph and Mary had to come through the lineage of David. Yet David was an adulterer, covetous, murderer, liar, on and on. Anybody here ever have a bad day? God is a forgiving God. And not only does God forgive, he restores. He restored King David. And I believe it's for this one reason. And you can correct me, whatever. But this is the reason I believe. And it's what I would like written on my gravestone one day. He had a man, he had a heart after God. That's what I want on my stone. He had a passion for God. He had a heart for God. Mistakes? <laughs> Would you raise your hand if you've never... Ah, I got your friend. Gotcha, gotcha. You guys are a little proactive there. <laughs> if you've never committed a mistake, if you've never committed a million mistakes... We all have. But for the grace of God, we'd be in deep doo-doo. But for the grace of God. Amen? All right, let's continue on. But while he thought about these things, verse 20, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. A visitation of an angel. A visitation or a dream or a vision will not bring fear. It might bring reverence. It might present the holiness of God that we revere, but it will not bring fear. That's demonic. Over and over, the Spirit of God is constantly showing us, do not fear. Do not fear. Amen? Let's keep going on. Do not fear, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Exactly what Mary told them. Hey, I'm pregnant, but it's conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, a specific son, this one. And you shall call his name, come on, say it with me, Jesus. For what reason? For he will, could read it, for he will save his people from their sins. Church family, it is sin that separates us from God, but God dealt with the sin issue. 
On that cross, Jesus became sin so that we can be sinless in his sight. Peter says it so clearly in his book that throughout eternity, we are going to dwell with God in total righteousness. There will not be any remembrance of sin again. So you might as well start forgetting them now because they have been pushed to the side. God doesn't want you to be filled with sin consciousness. He wants you to be filled with his son's consciousness. Thinking about his son, because when you put his son as number one, sin just kind of floats away, God. Guys, in Hebrew, in Isaiah 59, 2, stay where you are. It says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he would not hear you. Thank God, because of Jesus Christ, he does. Amen. And I always got to go back to the temple. When you go to the Old Testament, there you got Solomon's temple. There you got Herod the Great's temple, the two temples, and the third one will be built soon. And there you have the outer court and the inner court. And in the inner court, you had the holies of holies that the high priest was only allowed to enter in one time, once a year, and him, he better have a sacrifice because he'll be dead. They would tie this rope around them and put bells on them. They didn't hear the bells jingling. They dragged them out. Aaron's two sons that were going to walk into the priesthood, they were going to become the high priest there. They went and burnt strange fire. Dead. David. His, one of his guys saw the cart from the mercy seat being brought in the, the, the Ark of the Covenant. And he just went to lift it up. Dead. One group of people tried looking in it and a plague came on the whole town. How about when the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant and they brought it into the temple of their God and their God went, boom. They picked them up again and he went, Boom, and I believe it was his arms and legs or whatever just cut off on him. They said, we need to get this guy out of here. Amen. But isn't it interesting that when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, the curtain of the temple was ripped supernaturally, says from the top to the bottom. It was God saying, there's no more temple, guys. Come on in. I love how it says it in Hebrew. I believe it's Hebrews. Come boldly into the throne room of grace that you may receive mercy to help in times of needs. There is nothing that separates us from God. You want to know what separates us from God? Us. Our minds. I'm no good. I messed up. I yelled at the dog. I did this. I cut this guy off. And we get into these weeks of guilt trips. The Bible says we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. I hope I'm helping somebody get out of condemnation right now. Let it go. Fall in love with Jesus and let it go. Amen. Verse 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, and I always say, hashtag scripture must be fulfilled. Here it is right here. The scripture is being fulfilled. Here it is. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name, say with me, Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That's Hebrews 7.14. 
when I preach on end time prophecy and what's going on in the world and craziness that's happening, scripture has to be fulfilled. If you make this statement, well, that's not going to happen, that won't happen, then you're calling God a liar. And that's something I wouldn't do. Every scripture about Jesus coming the first time was fulfilled. Every scripture about Jesus' return will be fulfilled. We might not know exactly how it's going to happen, but I can guarantee you this, it will happen. Can I get an amen? It will happen. So glory to God, all people, yes, in fact, all things have come from Jesus, and he has come to save the world of their sins. I want you to go to John chapter 1. Very familiar scripture, but I just want to take you a little deeper with it today. I look at the word of God like a beautiful diamond. When they put that light on it, they always put that black velvet underneath, and they put the strong lights, and you see the different facets, the different colors, the beauty of the diamond. That's what the Word of God is like. You know, I'm preaching right now. There might be thousands of preachers preaching this same message today or same scriptures today, a different message, because God uses our different personalities. These scriptures have been preached for thousands of years, and it's still fresh today as it was then. Show me one other book that could do the same thing. Show me one other book. I don't care what. You can get Homer's book. You can get any book. And they'll have some interesting things in it. But not like this book. Not like my Bible. Amen. All right. John chapter 1. Ready? In the beginning was the Word. You notice it's capitalized there, Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Doesn't say the Word was a type of God. Doesn't say the Word was like God. It says the Word was God. What you hold in your hand is Almighty God. His very breath. His very DNA. His very self. He placed it supernaturally within that Bible that you hold in your hand. What a sacred holy book we hold each day. Lots of us take it for granted, but I like what my wife said last night when we went out. She said, some people in nations, they just get one page of the Bible and they hide that thing. They hide it. They don't have what we have, 30, 40 different translations, 100 copies, and every app you can think of. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right? But watch what he says here. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Well, pastor... When was the beginning? I don't know. What does that mean, beginning? Are you saying God had no beginning? No beginning. Well, how can that be? We all have a beginning. He's God. I'm not. See, we still think and live in this realm that's called time. Have you noticed you can't put time in a bottle? Oh, that's a song. Anyway, (laughs) what does that mean? That corny joke that I just told is now in the past. It's gone. It's over with. It's in the past. I can't get it back. Oh, they talk about all these time machines and all this to make us go back into time or into the future and all of that. It ain't going to happen. Amen? 
I can guarantee it. It ain't going to happen. And then, you know, they just want to get to other planets and visit different civilizations. I always say, we can't get along with one another down here. We're going to go get along with everybody up there. That's why God put the closest next star to us over four and a half light year, four and a half light years away. Amen. Keep them far away from us. I don't know if there's people out there, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's just so distant out there. Amen. Now watch this in verse three. All things were made through him. Let ponder that for a moment. All things. I just watched a show on Pure Flex. It's a very interesting show. It's actually the movie that they show at the Creation Museum in Kentucky on their planetarium wall, all right? So it's high definition. It's just fascinating. And what this episode, about a half an hour long, was trying to show was the intensity of our universe as far as we can see. We can't see to the end yet. But what they're able to see, we're living in a great day and age where the Hubble and other telescopes and radio telescopes and all are showing images that are just beyond words. The beauty that is out in that, app, that universe is beyond words. But it is so big and it is so huge and it goes on and on and on just the size of our solar system if you took that size which is billions of miles from one end to the other just our solar system it would take over 4800 solar systems to just get to the next star you know we sent out in the 70s two voyagers you remember that Anybody that watched the first Star Trek movie, you might remember V'ger, V'ger. You might remember that whole scene. But they sent two of them out, and now they have passed our solar system, the effect of our sun. And now people said, oh, they're going to get to a new star. At the speed they're going to, it will take them tens of thousands of years to get even near the next star. Look what it says here. All things were made through him. That little baby's hand was made through him. That butterfly was made through him. That ant was made through him. Every part of this entire earth that is so delicately balanced, one thing after another, if one is out of place, it can destroy all life. It's all done by him. Think about it, guys. We take for granted the air we breathe. But how come they don't have it on other planets? We take for granted the distance of the sun. Well, if we had one of these suns that they were talking about in this movie, it'd be so big that it would be all the way out to Mars. Just perfect size. Just perfect distance. Heats up our water to keep the oceans moving. The moon keeps the tides just right. The fish takes care of them. The birds takes care of them. Puts within each and every one of us a DNA that makes us all different. Now they know, and this proves that we didn't come from animals, that animals' DNA is different than human beings. Every seed has a different DNA. Think about that. 
You know how they say every snowflake is different? They looked at the snowflakes and they're beautiful, aren't they? When you look at them under a telescope, just beautiful. But they looked at the snowflakes that came from like Mountain Creek when they blow them. And they're just ugly, black, yucky looking things. Why? God didn't make them. (laughs) Oh, we can mess things up. We have a problem making things. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's the old story that goes about the farmer that invited the preacher to his house. He wanted to show him his farmland. And he says, look, look at my farmland. And the preacher says, wow, look what God has done. And that farmer looked at him and said, you had to see this place when God was in charge of it. (laughs) Why is that? Because God has put within us the ability to work the land, to work the crop. There are thorns and thistles right now, and we're the ones that have to cut them. Amen? That's why I moved to Crystal Springs. I don't have to cut them anymore. The guy comes out. He cuts them every week. Hallelujah! After 30 years of cutting an acre of land, that was enough for me. Anyway, all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Now watch some of these words. In him was life. That word life is zoe, Z-O-E in the Greek. And I'll explain that to you in a minute. But let me keep going on. And the life, the zoe, was the light of man. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now I want you to catch something. This, this is the New Living Translation. Lines right up with the, the King James. Watch what it says. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He created in the, He existed in the beginning. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created. Now watch this next line. This hit us first service. And his life brought life, light, light to everyone. They have now found that when the sperm connects with the egg, in conception, it gives off a light. There it is right there. At that moment, it gives off a life. That's why abortion is killing a child. Amen? And no matter what it brings to our nation, that needs to be overturned. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Isn't that the truth? You can get as much darkness as you want. It never puts out light. Come on, guys. Oh, I don't understand that. Here it is, real simple. You go home, get in your darkest closet, dark that you can't even see your hand like those caves. Anybody been in one of those caves? They always shut off all the lights and you go, all right, time to turn them lights back on, right? And go ahead and light a match. And then say, Get more darkness. Come on, I want to get rid of this match. You can't do it. Can't do it. Right now, if we had a major power failure and it got super dark in here, one person turn on their phone or one person light a match and all eyes would go right to it. You cannot, darkness can never extinguish light, but light always extinguishes darkness. Wow, that's deep, Pastor. It's the word. It's the word. 
Light will always extinguish darkness. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 16. Colossians 1, 16. For by him, notice the him there is in capital, talking about Jesus. All things were created. Things that are in heaven. So all the angels were created by him. Lucifer was created by him. Demons were created by him. Now they were not demons when he created them. This is the history of the fallen angels. Amen. All right. In heaven and on earth. So everything on this earth was created by him. Whether they be visible or invisible. There's an invisible world all around us right now, church family. It's an invisible world. I watched this crazy little YouTube thing. It blew me away when I watched it. But Russia, they went and they wanted to see how deep they could go into the, into the earth. So they kept putting these drill bits on and they kept having a problem. And all of a sudden they got to this cavern-like area and they started hearing groanings and moanings. And it so scared the people, they, they stopped the entire project. They call it hell. They stopped the entire project. Kind of weird, right? I don't know. The Bible says hell from beneath is moved to meet the at that coming. Who knows? Who knows if it's true, but it's flipped them out. They totally stopped it. It was done, I think, in the 60s or 70s, and they've never, never done it again. Amen? All things were created by him. Look what it says. Heaven that are on earth, visible and visible, whether thrones or dominion or principalities or powers, all things were created through him, and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Everything consists around Jesus Christ. He is the key, guys. He is the door, but he is the key to the door. Amen? Look, let me show you. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Just a few more minutes. We understand that the Old Testament, Moses was the speaker of the Old Testament. Would you agree with that? Then it became prophets that were the speakers of the Old Testament. But God says something a little different about us in the New Testament now. You ready? Hebrews 1 verse 1. God, who at various times or different dispensations of time, we are in the dispensation of grace right now, the church age, right? And in various ways spoke in times past, to the fathers, talking about all the Old Testament saints, how, say it with me, by the prophets. Moses was the great prophet, but there was a greater one to come, he said, right? Has in these last days, talking about the return, before the Lord returns, how is he speaking today? By his son. Go ahead and say it. By his son. Listen to the son. Listen to the son. How many here have watched The Chosen? Anybody here watching The Chosen? Do you remember the scene with Nicodemus? To me, it's one that I watched it over and over. But you remember when he grabs the hand of Jesus and he's about to kiss and Jesus is like, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? He says, kiss the son. Right? You remember that? Lest he be angry with you. Kiss the son. Here in these last days is spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Wow. 
Pastor, you think there's UFOs out there? Absolutely I do. Really? You think they're little green people with antennas? No, I think UFOs are demonic beings and angelic beings. You read some of the things. They say they disappear when the name of Jesus is used. That's an interesting statement, right? Here we go. Watch what it says now. Whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. So he made all the worlds, right? Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, he upholded all things by the word of his power, when he has by himself purged our sins. Say the sin issue. Say it. The sin issue is done with. All right. He purged it. What has he done now? He has sat down at the right hand of Almighty God, majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he by his inheritance, and we'll look, that, look at that in a different week, he obtained a more excellent name than they. But catch this statement that he made. He said, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed an heir. Jesus is the heir. Catch now, watch what I'm going to say. We are joint heirs with him. Let that sink. What does that mean, Pastor? You got all eternity to find out. Amen. We got a long time to let the Lord reveal what's coming. Oh my goodness. He says he, he reveals it by his spirit, by our spirit, so we get glimpses of it. But Jesus' mission. His mission was to restore us back to the Father and to give us eternal life. And let me just talk about that just for a few minutes and then we'll pick it up next week. So what an amazing hope this, hope this is. Again, hope is the expectation of good. We should have a hope of eternity because that's way, that's a promise that has been given to us. Look at 1 John 2.25 and we'll wrap up with this scripture. 1 John 2, 25. Oh, God is good. Ready? Look at this. Look at this. Simple scripture. And this is the promise. Everybody say the promise. I think of my brother Bob Meeker back there. If Bob Meeker tells me he's going to be at a certain place at a certain time, it's done. I don't have to think about it. If he says he's going to lock up the building today, don't have to think about it. It's done. It's a done deal. He knows how to keep a promise. He's a man of his word. I remember as a teenager, he could have a date. Never shows up. We used to call that being stood up. All right. They didn't keep their word. They missed out on this handsome face. <laughs> Watch this now. This is the promise. It's a promise. And God can't lie. So here's the promise. You ready? This is what he promised us. It says eternal life. It's oh, so simple, Pastor. It's so deep. We look at these little feeble bodies that we got that ache here and ache there. And this happens and that. Eternal life. Forever. No pain. No sickness. No departures. No hatred all righteousness, being able to explore your deepest potentials that God has placed into you for all eternity. You think we have certain, you think why a mat 
can play guitar and I can't do anything with that instrument? How Anya can get up here and play this piano and I get up there and you'd be walking out the door? <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Why a person can be a speaker and another person, please. <laughs> Unless you want to fall asleep, right? God gives us individual gifts. And you think these gifts are just for down here? Oh, they're a big part to be down here. That's, we glorify God in using what he gives us. That's our time, our talent, right? But I believe it's going to be throughout all eternity, right? Now watch what it says. Eternal life. This word life is the word zoe. Catch the meaning? We'll wrap up. This is from the Vines Complete Expository Dictionary. It was kind of the main dictionary we used when we first got saved. Now there's many of them out there, right? Life in the absolute sense. Life as God has it. That which the Father has in himself and which he gave to the incarnate Son to have in himself. Well, that's great. God has it. Jesus has it. And now has given to us. Doesn't say we're going to get it. Says we have it now. That's why the moment a person closes their eyes in this life, I don't care if they're 25 or 120, that moment, if they have Jesus Christ, they go be with the Lord. Well, I don't understand how. Man is made an eternal being. When man refuses to accept God's gift, he has now cut himself, he is under the law, and he has to be judged that way. We are under the blood of Jesus Christ. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're under his blood. He took the judgment for you. You get eternal life. Every person in hell today, and there's multitudes there, are in eternal debt. Eternal. Eternity's a long time to be wrong. Don't mess around. God is a loving God, but God is a just God. And he has to judge the world according to what he gave. Let's close in prayer. Church family, make it your goal in life even to get one person saved. That person will thank you for eternity, let me tell you. For eternity, they will thank you. They will thank you. All these Christians out there belly aching about this. Oh, I don't believe in the chosen. Oh, I don't believe in YouTube. You uh, version. Oh, let's get people saved. Christians buried or wounded. It's a shame. Shame what we see in churches today. If you're here today, you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, to be your Lord, to be your Savior, and you'd like to make that decision today, I'd like to help lead you. This church would like to help lead you with a very simple prayer, and we'll all pray together to help you. Say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I thank you for washing away my sins. 
I repent of them today, Lord. I thank you that today I am born again. I have eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around just for a moment. Christians praying softly. If you prayed that prayer today and you meant it, anybody can say words. God knows the heart. And you meant it. You know what happened? In the spirit, there was a spark of light. Just like in the natural when a child is conceived in the womb. There's a spark of light. You have now received eternal life. If that's you today making that decision, we'd like to help you along. We don't want to embarrass you. Making that decision sometimes can feel a little embarrassing. So we're not going to have you stand. We're not going to have you come to the front. But we'd like to give you a free gift before you leave. No charge for it. Don't have to stand. Don't have to come to the front. We have altar workers around the sanctuary who bring you this gift. Just a little bit of information to get you started. If you don't have a Bible, there's a little card in there. Take it to the bookstore. They'll give you a free New Testament, our gift to you. That's it. That's it. That first step, we want to make it a good step. Amen. So if you're here today, you're accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe you have already, but you're not living for him. You need to get things together. Or maybe you're not sure yet. Not sure if you're ready to take the plunge. But you would still like this paperwork, this little package to help you. We'd like to still bless you with it also. With no one looking around, Christians praying softly, our altar workers around the sanctuary, just slip your hand up, let them see it, and they'll drop off this package to you. Lift your hand up high. Don't be afraid. We're not here to bite you in any way. We're here to help you. We're here to help you. Slip your hand up. Let me see it. Put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you for those four hands. Thank you. Our altar workers are coming. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. If that's you, just slip your hand up. As I said, where, where did I see another hand, Gerard? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gerard. Thank you. If that's you receiving the Lord for the very first time, rededicating your life. You're just not sure. Just not sure. Just slip your hand up. Let us see it. We want to help you. We want to help you. We want to help you. Just slip your hand up high. Make sure we get this package in your hand. If we missed it, put your hand up again, please. Please, we're here for you. Again, if you don't have a Bible, stop in our bookstore. We'll get you a New Testament, our gift to you. One more time, I'm going to look around and we're going to close the service. If that's you, just slip your hand up high. Slip your hand up high. For those that raised your hand, the Bible says up in heaven, the angels rejoice. We rejoice. Just before Diane prays the dismissal prayer, those that have one of these cards, hold them up real quick. Hold them up. Let's pray over them. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we pray over these cards. It's a little advertisement, Lord. But Lord, we're praying for moms and dads, aunts and uncles, brothers, sisters, so forth and so on, to be saved during this Christmas season. This might be the last, the last Christmas on this earth, Lord. We don't know. We might not make it to this Christmas, but we pray over these cards, Lord. And we just pray 
for a Holy Spirit anointing to reach people in different places. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you Wednesday night online. Hope to see you there. God is good all the time. You know, my prayer for, you, for me, for you, this Christmas season is that our eyes will be open to see Jesus more clearly, that we will have a deeper um, understanding of who he is and what happened when he came to earth. You know, I love Christmas. I love the trees. I love the, you know, stockings, all that kind of stuff. But that's not really what Christmas is all about. And I pray that this year we might celebrate that way, but we won't get distracted from what the truth of the gospel is. Father, thank you for your word going forth. Thank you that you're opening our eyes to understand who you are what you did and what you've given us. And I pray that this Christmas season, we will just be on fire to share with our neighbors and our friends and our family the truth, what Christmas really means in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? I want to just bless you from the word of God. The Lord bless you and keep you, protect you, sustain you, and guard you. The Lord make his face shine upon you with favor and be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. The Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart and life. We confess that we are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors, we are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved. We are blessed to be a blessing. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. See you online on Wednesday night.